It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big weekend of League and Cup action. Rangers will play Aberdeen in the League Cup final after wins against Hearts and Hibs respectively. It's on to Madrid in the Champions League for Celtic after a comfortable win against 10-man Ross County. And Craig Levine is the new manager of St Johnston. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. Gordon, it was moving weekend in Scottish football. Celtic moved eight points clear at the top of the Premiership Rangers and Aberdeen moved into the Via Play Cup final Kilmarnock moved fourth Dundee moved into the top six and Craig Levine moved in in McDermott Park and he'll make his debut against Motherwell tomorrow night the only movement that didn't take place was Gordon Dale towards the Super Scoreboard Kettle Andy Halliday it was not the outcome you and your Hearts teammates were looking for yesterday um, but with your punditry hat on it was a, a big weekend League Cup semi-final weekend always is yeah it was and now we can look forward to obviously the first domestic final of the season like you said disappointed with how the game went yesterday uh, now we're obviously fully focused on the on the league and as always in Scottish football there's certainly plenty to talk about and a new manager in the door at St Johnston Indeed there is any St Johnston fans or Craig Levine observers out there who want to get their thoughts in you can do 01419511025 but for our big sides it was a massive weekend so come on then Rangers fans and Hearts fans what did you look back on uh, yesterday Rangers fans what pleased you uh, James Tavernier eventually there will be an episode of Clyde One Super Scoreboard where you don't talk about James Tavernier for one way uh, or the other but uh, you can give us a th- give us your thoughts on his contribution yesterday Philippe Clement's got his first chance at silverware what did you make of all the talking points within the game there was penalties at both ends uh, there was all sorts going on there at Hamden so get your thoughts in there Celtic fans from Dingwall to Madrid no difference in geography or tactical challenge there so how do you look back on the weekend and how does it set you up for for Tuesday night let's kind of look at it all together are there players that stood out at the weekend that you think deserve a chance or with this being a very different challenge would you like to see other players come in uh, and perform a more specific role anyone that's heading off to Madrid feel free to give us a call as well 01419511025 as the guys have said, there is a new manager uh, and Motherwell's woes continue. So there is no shortage for you tonight. Whichever team you support, 0141-951-1025. That is the number you need. Give us your result of the weekend, Roger Hannett. Result of the weekend, I'm going for Aberdeen. Um, they fell down to 10 men late on in that semi-final on Saturday against Hibs. You would have thought Hibs had already had that goal controversially disallowed for Martin Ball. You would have thought they would have kicked on and got to the final... Aberdeen's response was terrific. Bojan Miowski kept his cool to score the goal. And as you say, they're, they're heading for Hamden next month. Roger Hanna was there. He might agree with me. If it was his second choice, I'm going to go with Dundee. I think Tony Dockett's done a fantastic job. At this stage of the season for Dundee, he was sitting in the top six. I think they deserve all the praise they can get. And listen, Livingston not having the best of time at the moment, but Dundee have done their job winning at home again. Mm, goal of the weekend. I think you had quite a list to choose from yeah. this weekend, in my Strong humble weekend. opinion. Well... I was at Dens Park yesterday and I always like to have a goal at the game I'm at. Luke McCowan's free kick. I know there was a, a weekend when James Tavernier scored that great free kick in the semi-final but I think Luke McCowan a good bit further out postage stamp corner Jack Hamilton absolutely no chance and it was worth the three points. Okay. Yeah, James Tavernier, Miofsky, Tumble, loads to pick from but 
I think the standout for me was Lewis Palmer's goal. Uh, fantastic finish against a, a, a Ross County team that was almost damned limitation, even at even at one 0 And you know, you felt it almost needed that that bit of magic. They got it in the first goal with David Tumble, but I thought the second one just pipped it with Lewis Palmer. Fantastic finish. Okay, Lewis Palmer getting the nod. That's all well and good. Who was howling? Who was getting the howler of the week? Well, it's a shared howler. Oh, um, they both won their first Scotland caps last month on the same night, but. Not a great weekend for Liam Kelly or Xander Clark, I have to say. Liam Kelly should have done much better with the initial shot at Kilmarnock. They couldn't get the ball clear, and then his Cameron scored the only goal. And Xander Clark, I'm not sure he needed to take down Danilo for that penalty that set Rangers on the way to victory. Okay, howler for you, Andy? It could have been howler of the season if the result went the other way, so I'm going to go with Jack McKenzie. Uh, really young player, uh, showed his inexperience at the time, and I'm sure he'll learn from it, but was very, very fortunate that it never cost his side a place in the final. It was quite something. I, I want to know, you're a stato, what is the maximum distance a player is allowed to run to throw out some sort of retaliation and get themselves sent off? Because it seemed like he was he was well intent on getting there, Roger Hanna. Yeah, um, young player, as Andy said, Aberdeen's longest serving player, would you believe that, Andy, now? So he should know better. Um, Lewis Miller, every time I see Lewis Miller, he, he's got a wee bit about him. He, he likes that type of game that type of physical contest um, and Jack McKenzie should have risen above it and didn't come on then 01419511025 top performer of the weekend I did forget ah, then I saw I you look you up right, right, right. okay okay who's the top <laughs> performer of the weekend well as you say we will one day on Clyde One Super Scoreboard have a show when he's not named but tonight's not that night it has to be James Tavernier the penalty to put Angels ahead and then the free kick to seal the win. Okay. Mines is a bit strange because this guy shipped in three goals at the weekend, but he also faced sh- 16 shots in target. <sighs> and I don't think he could have done anything about the three goals he did concede. I think Ross Laidlaw played as close to a 9 out of 10 I've seen from a goalkeeper that conceded three goals. So uh, if it wasn't for him in Nets at, uh, at the weekend, it could have been a lot more. What was it, 39 shots ago? 39 I shots, yeah. 16, yeah. 16 on target. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, Ross Laidlaw had a busy, busy day. 01419511025. How do you look back on events in Dingwall? Celtic fans, we're short on time on weeks like this because I suppose it's all geared towards tomorrow as well we can't only look back we're going to go live to Madrid and bring you the latest from the Celtic camp there as well so get all your thoughts in please uh, of course we can start yesterday Hamden Rangers against Hearts 3-1 win for Philippe Clement's side meaning he gets his first crack at silverware on the 17th of December as an overview Roger before we get specific I mean possibly just a Predictable outcome is that fair? Um, no, I don't. I'm not saying it was just, I, I, Rangers. It was a comprehensive win. I don't think I necessarily expected them to race into a three-goal lead and sort of coast home. Um, still, the very early days of Philip Clement's reign, um, they didn't coast home against Hearts in the league the previous weekend. They needed those two stoppage time goals from from Tavernier and Danilo to win it. I thought it might go deep into the game before they saw Hearts off, but that burst at the start mm. of the second half, initiated by the penalty. Um, it just blew hearts away. What was the, the disappointment like in the the dressing room, Andy? Yeah, hugely disappointing any chance you've got to uh, to make the showpiece final. Um, and, and obviously not do so is, is hugely disappointing. I think very similar in terms of the storyline at iBooks where we feel relatively comfortable until a you know, lapse in concentration and a, and a penalty going against us then leads to 
a poor reaction after the goal I think that's even more disappointing I think mistakes can happen obviously penalties given goal but I think a reaction to go 1-0 down leading to what is it three goals in 14 minutes mm, after yeah. that giving yourself a mountain to climb and I thought we showed a bit of spirit and fight towards the end but ultimately not enough and, and Rangers deserve to go through 01419511025 is the number Greg in Edinburgh has dialed what are you thinking after yesterday Greg? Alright lads it's the first time getting through I just wanted to say um, I just want to ask where's all the Tavernier haters now? You didn't hear them phoning in now, eh? I think the guy's brilliant. I just want to think what Andy Howard thinks of him because I know he's had a lot of unfair criticism, but the last few weeks, he's genuinely won the games for us. I think he's amazing. Probably the most technical, probably the best technical player in the league, I would say. Well, Andy, you, it's, a, it's an interesting weekend to ask the question because he's a former teammate who you admire. I bet you wish he had not brought his shooting boots yesterday, so... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm certainly here to be honest, and I, th- I feel as if I have been one of his most hardened defenders over the couple of years I've been on the show. And you know, he's always getting branded with he's can't defend, and you know he's not a captain and all these things. But it seems as if when anyone does resent to the challenge at Rangers, it seems to be James Tavernier. Uh, I think you only have to look at the sort of league fixture last week when you know he misses a penalty at a key time in the game just before half time. Uh, to be honest, has a, a poor game from his standards, but then in the 89th minute onwards it's him that ultimately wins Rangers the game by uh, scoring the, the equalising penalty and then marching up the field to whip in the cross for the, for the winner so for me that's that's a captain's performance mm-hmm. in its own um, 100 and, was 110 111 goals and listen penalties of course but you still have to score them and even out with the penalties you're scoring over a, a half century worth of goals it's, it's a remarkable return and no, year in, year in, uh, year in, year out. Sorry, he's in the team of the year. Uh, year in, year out, he's either Rangers player of the year or players player of the year. Uh, and I think the, you know, the 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 servant he's been towards Rangers has been exemplary. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Roger, this always comes back. People mention he takes penalties. There are there are fullbacks that are their club's designated penalty taker, um, but he almost like you know matches the penalty total. Um, in fact, I think maybe even slightly more. That it's ten goals and twenty appearances again this season. Yeah, I was kind of I go almost go into every season now, just wondering out of I don't know, like the the, the out of the kind of law of averages. Maybe James Tavernier will have a quieter goal scoring season. Yeah. But he's already kind of one and two. But the point Greg makes is a valid one. Where are the Tavernier haters at the height of the Michael Beale crisis a few weeks ago? James Tavernier again seemed to be the kind of lightning rod for all the complaints of all the Rangers fans and many seem to think taking the captaincy off him was suddenly going to cure all the ills at the club and I remember I said it one night I think Gordon Dale said it in the show another night Gordon if you were listing a long list of problems at Rangers at that stage James Tavernier would be way 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 down that list James Tavernier has been a constant positive for Rangers in among all the sort of negatives of that time. And once again, he's showing his worth to the team, not just with the two goals yesterday, but the way he influenced the league game against Hearts last week. And he got one in between at Dens Park in the middle of the week as well. Um, What did you make of the overall performance yesterday, Greg? Was there a big difference between first and second half? How did you view it? Well, obviously from Edinburgh, I've got a few jambo pals. (laughs) And they were all... all, um, Feeling the worst, and I was like, I'm not sure. Rangers are really totally firing, but under Beal, I totally wrote off the title. The title was totally. Wrote, but this new manager, I think he's got a presence and a. He's he's actually a bit scary. I think, so I think the players are totally warming to him, and I think the title race is back on. Fucking might laugh at that, but I think the title race is back on, and we can go to Celtic Park and beat them in uh, December the 30th. Maybe, um, and time will tell. One thing's absolutely sure, Roger, is this. 
is a very big chance for Philippe Clement to get first piece of silverware very early on. You know, he was so... And I understand why. He was very quick last week to say, you know, not interested in the kind of extra significance. It's all that kind of one game at a time and focused on the performance. But the beauty of the League Cup and when we have it is it gives you the chance to win a trophy before Christmas. Yeah. That's great for any manager. And if it's a manager that's just in the door, it just it just gives you that, what is the phrase Hugh Keevans used to call it, a tangible sign of success. Something yeah. that you can, you can hang on to. For, and for an observer of my era, Aberdeen Rangers League Cup finals where terrific three years running they played in the late 80s and early 90s two Rangers victories one Aberdeen victory a, a fantastic trilogy of League Cup finals so I immediately think back to that this season an interesting trilogy of games as well because Aberdeen have gone to Ibrox and won and finished off Michael Beale and Rangers have to go to Petaudry in the league before they go to Hamden to take on Aberdeen in the League Cup final so you just wonder if Aberdeen could get a positive result again at Petaudry, I think it's something like the 26th of November or something, Gordon, then you just wonder what the psychology will be going in. You always fancy if it's one of the old firm against a provincial side, if you like, in a cup final. You always fancy the old firm team strongly. But Aberdeen will target that league game and think they can maybe get some sort of psychological edge on Rangers going into the final. I suppose to to link it to Greg's point, Andy, if the there's probably no point in us and whatever it is, the sixth of November, going back and forth and arguing who's gonna win the league. Like, everyone's gonna have their, their take on it and, and Celtic would be favourites. One thing's for sure though, to get that belief ingrained, Rangers kinda need to win the League Cup, don't <laughs> they? You see what I mean by that? Rangers no, don't definitely. win the League Cup. we we won't get calls on the Monday night saying, Oh brilliant, we're we're on to win this title. Yeah, and uh, and how many times have we heard the, uh, Philippe Plamont say the message is the most important message to win and uh, if you get the chance to win the first piece of silverware uh, in the season it's got to be a huge psychological advantage especially with the amount of talk and pressure for Rangers going into this season where silverware is paramount uh, and the, obviously the opportunity to do it in the first and uh, the 17th of December is huge to them uh, I think especially for the likes of James Tavernier and a lot of these players that have come under scrutiny for not winning enough major trophies at Rangers uh, I think it'll be a huge boost to them as well I st- listen, I still make Celtic favourites, but I don't think there's any doubt. I-, I think December as a whole is a massive month for Rangers throughout the whole season. The chance to win the League Cup and obviously the fixtures they've got in that month as well. In terms of the talking points or the controversies or whatever, um, when I spoke to Stephen Naismith after the game and, and even he didn't really have complaints about the penalty Harps conceded, he said as a forward he would have been looking for that. Is is there a, any sense of injustice on your part? Uh Nah, I wouldn't say so, and, and it's funny because you know at the time seeing it live, I'm thinking it looks really, really soft because I can just see Xander Clark sort of pull his hands away, and I feel as if he's not really made contact with Danilo with his hands. But then when you see the replay back, I think his knee makes contact with with Danilo before anything. Listen, you could label it intelligent striker play. I think it's something we see from forward players all the time. What going uh, down, like sort of starting to go down? Does almost the... try to initiate the contact, but I've, I've said it so many times, if you're Xander Clark and, or, or any goalkeeper, if you're going in at that pace to win the ball and you don't, I don't think there can be any complaints if you give away a penalty. Yeah, I don't, absolutely no complaints whatsoever. Um, I think Ross Laidlaw, who you spoke about, uh, he gave one away a couple of weeks ago, a very similar one. Guy bursts into the box. Was it the game? Was it the third park? Was it the 3-3 game, Gordon? No. Trying to think, the game Laidlaw gave the penalty away in the Ross County game. Yeah. Very similar to, to Xander Clark. And you do wonder with goalies, you know, do they need to do that? Because in the area of the penalty box where 
Ross Laidlaw pulled the boy down in the area of the penalty box where Xander Clark pulled Danilo down are the forwards definitely going to score a goal there? Oh, I don't think you would I don't think yesterday um, for sure um, what about Davy? who's on the line thanks to Greg Davy, what jumps out at you from yesterday? Right, thanks for having me on panel uh, I'm curious about Leon Balligan do you know if he's part of the European squad for Thursday night and is he fit because I felt when Ben Davis came on uh, within 30 seconds gave away a free kick further 30 seconds at least to the penalty also gives away yeah um, it wasn't a vintage afternoon was it? Yeah, I've been uh, touting for Balligan and the team for the start of the season because I think he's phenomenal. He's not in the European squad, no, no. so he yeah. can't. Um, interesting yesterday, this is maybe one we can explore a bit later in the week. Um, but Philippe Clement, I was in his press conference yesterday and completely on off his own back was talking about, you know, on to Thursday and how it's not going to be easy because there's still players out injured and there's still players that we don't have available um, in, because they're not registered in the European squad, which I didn't pick earlier in the season. It was so deliberate. And yeah. obviously we know there's an issue at left-back because Yilmaz isn't in it. Balogun would be another because all of a sudden, I mean, John Souter is injured. Yeah. And I know we're fickle. We can go week to week. But if he forced Rangers fans to pick the most informed team for Thursday, would Balogun be in it? Potentially, yeah, and I, I think these are the games that's more suited to him as well. And I, I know he's he's getting on. I think he's thirty five years of yeah. age now, but he's always had that recovery pace. And I thought in the uh, in the first half a couple of times where we, we, we kind of Valgas in our point of view, and uh, and even in the second half, any sort of direct ball over the top, and you feel as if you've got a couple of yards on him, even at his age, he's still got that recovery pace. And I think that can really be utilised in Europe uh, and over the last couple of game weeks as well. You know, we've seen we 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 know Yilmaz in the European squad going away to Sparta Prague. It then meant that Ben Davies been utilised in a left back position, so it's not been ideal. But to answer your point, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, if he was fully fit and available, I think Balogun would be in form play to start the game. He looks comfortable alongside Goldson. You know, obviously they've played together in the past, but you know he stepped into the side at Dens Park and again at Hamden yesterday, no problems whatsoever. I know the point Philip Clement was making when asked, you know, yesterday, Gordon. If you're picking that Rangers European squad, you're only allowed 25 and so many of them need to be homegrown. Michael Bill's clearly thinking, well, I've got Goldson and I've got Suter and I've got Davis. And if there's a real problem, I've got Leon King mm. who comes in, you know, under the kind yeah. of homegrown thing. Um, so you can cut him yeah. a bit of slack there. The Yilmaz one is worse. The left, yeah. the left back yeah. thing defies any logic. Um, overall, Davy, I mean, chance to win a cup final. That's all it is at this moment. It's, it's just a chance. Of course, you're getting his favourites. What have you made of you know, yesterday and I suppose the overall picture at the moment? Delighted with Clement, absolutely delighted. I think if we can nail down a, a solid number 10, whether it's Cantwell or Lawrence, uh, nails that place down. I still feel as though Lammers is flattering a wee bit. Um, he disappears for too too much uh, during the game. Uh, posted missing quite often. He has, the boys get talent, but his uh, overall game's lacking. Um, we launched a new feature last week, didn't we? It was... Um Andy Halliday's bench cam I think <laughs> I mean you're a bit further away at Hamden was that a challenge for you or did you no no I was still well on my game yeah. um, well on my game players that are under the spotlight a lot Lammers I mean, you know, Danilo's I think everyone's favourite over Dessers what, what, what did you make of some of them seeing them up close again um, I don't think my opinions changed too much I, I, I thought Lammers did fine personally uh, I think I, I mentioned it last week he's still I think he shows some some lovely periods of play, lovely touches, but not affecting the game enough. I think last week was his first goal in sixteen appearances, and you know you you look at the 
the plethora of chances he's had this season. You can make a YouTube compilation, I think, with the last 10 minutes, and you then see that's maybe why he's only scored nine goals in the last four years. Uh, but the output of 3.5 million that Rangers have played, you're, you're expecting a pretty hef- uh, hefty goal return by the end of the season. But I, I still think, you'd li- well, you'd certainly like to think there's more to come from him. Uh, the Todd Cantwell one's pretty funny because it seems as if he's not as fancied with mm-hmm. like come on I know we're very very early in saying that but uh, to bring him off at half time for tactical reasons was quite an interesting one uh, and of course you know Dessers is, is probably going to find himself uh, on the bench for a little while because I think that since Danilo's came in I just see a real striker in there I think even yesterday although he didn't have a, a major impact on the game uh, I think his ability to find space even against really co- uh, compact teams is, is impressive and you just see his movement in the box are you, aware, are you aware of this spin-off show, Andy Halliday's touchline cam? Because he seemed to be doing... I, I did hear about this, he, actually. He, he seemed to be doing tricks. That, was, was it keeping up his yesterday, Andy? What, what happened there? What happened? I've, I was watching I mean, I, 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 I know what happened. I don't know why the, uh, the reaction was. But I was just sitting, you know, just doing some keep-ups at the side of the pitch. I quite fancied a touch of the ball. I've not had one for a couple of months, by the way. So I thought <laughs> I would sit and do a bit of ball work, a few keep-ups. Next thing you know, fourth official came and grabbed the ball off me. He says, you can't do that. So I was like, oh, fair enough. I went and sat down. Is that way with smiling at? Oh, I'm not going to get into that, but I'm sure, I'm how, sure, how, I'm sure people will. How many keeping ups are you close to your I was, at four, I was at 48 and I was 48 away from the record before they stopped me, so. That's cruel. What, what an afternoon. David Dickinson had 01419511025. Good time to call Celtic fans. We are not far away. We're going to go live to Madrid as soon as we can uh, and get you the inside track from the Celtic camp. So get those calls in and we'll continue looking back on yesterday as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here at 0141 951 1025. Our reporter Gabriel is in Madrid and he's looking ahead to the game tomorrow. He's going to give us, hopefully, the inside track on what Brendan Rodgers had to say I think Callum McGregor spoke to the media as well So we'll cross there very soon And see what he's been up to There's always like a, a drama attached as well He either loses his luggage Or he's staying in some tent somewhere So, oh, Is that why he dresses like that? Oh no, that, no, that's just the way he, he dresses Like by choice Oh, also. that's all when he's lost his luggage? No, no, that's right, just like okay, an additional sorry. thing um, That's more like a yeah choice, believe it or not But anyway, yeah. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, keep your thoughts coming in on the weekend's action or looking ahead because these are these are breathless times, Roger Hanna. The number of fixtures we're cramming in between now and the new year is remarkable. Yeah. Um, and like we said, Celtic's the prime example of that. Monday night we would be looking back on Ross County and we can, but it's kind of all about Atletico Madrid as well. Yeah, Barry Robson was especially breathless on Saturday night complaining that Aberdeen were in a cup final three days after playing Eintracht Frankfurt in the Conference League but I think we had in factor in that Rangers will probably be away in Seville against Real Betis the night that Aberdeen are at home to Frankfurt so it would be interesting to hear Barry's take on the, the relationship between European football dates and, and, and cup final dates and listen, I think Rangers and Aberdeen if you'd offered them at the start of the season this scenario where you're going to play a European group game on a Thursday night and come back for a cup final at Hamden on the Sunday, I think both Rangers and Aberdeen would have been quite happy to take that scenario. Yeah, you'd have to 
imagine so. Um, listen, we love a good old Barney about fixture scheduling and all that sort of stuff, but I don't think there'll be much sympathy from our other clubs for um, Aberdeen's cause. That's just the way it is. I'm sure you are aware of that by now. Um, I'm not sure if we can speak to Gabriel yet. Can we, Gabriel? Can you hear us? We'll call that a no, I think. <laughs> uh, we'll do it in just a second. We will uh, indeed. I'll tell you what, let's hear a bit from... Who shall we hear from uh, after the weekend? I was going to hear from some of the, the reaction to that game at Hamden yesterday, but I think we're about to speak to Kieran, who's a Celtic fan on the line, so that might be a bit counterproductive at this moment in time. We've been here many times, Roger. This is the. This is just what our Champions League representatives have to do. Talk about different from... Saturday to Tuesday, an extremely different challenge in every which way and different location and circumstances and everything that goes into it. I, I might be wrong and Kieran might correct me. I always think Celtic seem to be, in the old days I always thought Celtic were in Inverness either before or after a big European game and now they're in Dingwall before a big European game. Um, they've had a lot of games away from Celtic Park of late and... Brendan Rodgers isn't a whiny, moany manager by any stretch of the imagination. So last week when Brendan Rodgers spoke about the fixturing and about the way football authorities in other countries help their football clubs in comparison to the way the football authorities in this country deal with their football clubs, then you could tell it was really irritating, Brendan. So I think it wasn't great for Celtic to have to go to Dingwall on Saturday. They handled it very well. Hugh Keevans described the team selection as a risky strategy, but Brendan mm. Rodgers got his reward, and you would think the ones who arrested Kyogo among them, Gordon, they'll all be back out in the Metropolitana tomorrow night. Yeah, Kieran, what did you make of it the weekend? Yeah, I thought we were very, very excellent at the weekend, obviously. Um, I think, obviously, a few of the VAR decision with Maida, um, I don't know if you've seen... Um, should have stood. Uh, we should have. We shouldn't have been called as offside. So I think there could have been another goal. Um, but well, why? Why we should? Why should that one have stood? Sorry, what do you mean? So the ball. There's, I don't know if you've seen the still image from yeah, yeah. the VAR. The ball had already left. Um, O'Reilly. So I'm sure it was O'Reilly. Um, no, no, no. You're no. You're right. It, well, it was Paulo Bernardo. But you're right in terms of half time. That was the one they showed. But by the end of the game. The frame, the the correct frame was available, and I yeah. think it was still shown an offside yeah. decision, wasn't the, it? The one, that, um, the one I thought Celtic were hard done by was the scales goal. Absolutely, right at the very start. That's yep. not a foul. That's not a foul yep. in anyone's language. And Liam no, Scales, yeah, that, that, that goal should have been allowed. But I think the old one, I think Maeda was offside. Mm. You'll be you'll be grumbling about the the disallowed goal, Kieran. I'm assuming because Roger's very much on board with you there. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I think it's one of the ones that. I think Scales has just went to use his body. Do you know what I mean? There's no ill intent for that to be a foul. I think it's he's very hard done by. And I think obviously with how good Liam Scales has been recently as well, he very much deserves a goal. You compare it as well to the Newcastle Arsenal and the foul, and you know, and, and among there, how 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 is one a goal and the other one isn't a goal? When... I, can't, I can't decide. Well, you know how I feel about these things. That's different set of eyes, and that, that's just that's just the way it is. You're not going to get consistency for two different humans. However. I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing or whether I'm humoured or not by them down the road or throwing statements about and all sorts of inquests and all that sort of stuff. It's um, it's good to know that it's not only us that get so... People seeking clarification. What, what yeah, Mike, about Mikel Arteta had a few choices, didn't he? I mean, come that? on, Mikel, seriously. Um, the, <laughs> the disallowed goal is probably one of the ones that 
send your head in a bit of a spin about VAR because the referee doesn't give it. Oh, sorry, the referee gives the foul yeah. against O. So at which point, when it then goes to VAR, it's the most hated phrase in modern football, you're asking the VAR has a clear and obvious error being been made there, which is a different question really to do you think that goal should have stood sort of, do you know what I mean by that? I don't like know what the, you mean. the bar change it. So had the referee allowed the goal to stand, VAR possibly wouldn't have chalked it off. And that's the bit that just sends you just like it, that's just so frustrating for everybody. It is because the, there is no measurement to say what is clear exactly. and obvious. One person and is clear a, and obvious and that, it's not another person is clear and obvious. And that's an IFAB thing, unfortunately. Yeah. That that's VAR's that's supposed to be but VAR's if, like if, if you run through them, they I think they get that wrong. I think that goal should have stood. But in fairness to VAR, they got the James Brown red card spot on. That's oh. a red card for me. I and, don't that, th- and that's what it's there for, I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I don't think David Monroe got a proper look at it. Um, or if he did, he didn't realise the severity of the challenge. So VAR's got that right. And despite what Kieran was saying, VAR's got the offside right. Midas offside. The and the, the, um, is it the red card right for you? I've not seen anyone, to be fair. And this is not like us. <coughs> I've not seen anyone really say that that red card was the wrong call. Maybe I'm. Maybe I think you. I think you'll struggle to find someone as well because I think it pretty much ticks every box that you possibly can uh, can imagine. And listen, I, do, I I actually really feel sorry for James Brown because I don't think he knows that that way uh, that Yang's coming over his right hand shoulder. Uh, I don't think there's any malicious in the, uh, malicious intent there. He's obviously on the overstretch trying to nick the ball, but I mean studs up catching him where you do. I think you're always going to walk for that challenge. And I think the the correct decision was when, made. When James Brown saw that again, he wouldn't feel good. No, stop it. Stop it. I'm right over his head as well. That's the worst thing about it. Um, the goal that Kieran's on about and Roger. No, uh, I, I think I, it should have stood. I think soft doesn't even cover it. It's just, there's, there's no way in the world it's a foul for me. I think uh, Jordan White does his his, uh, his best possible theatrics to, uh, to, to help the referee make his decision. But no, I think, oh, I wouldn't even say uses his body. I just uh, almost stands his ground, mm. and you know Jordan White feels the contact, and and uh, you know does the best job he can to ultimately get the foul. And yeah, for me, I thought it was a I thought it was a poor decision from Dingwall to Madrid. Though Kieran, what are you thinking? It's a tough one. Um, I think tomorrow night. Obviously, I think at Celtic Park um, we should have took the three points. Um, I think over the nineties we've done enough to win the game. Obviously. A very, very, very good team that we're going up against, obviously, in tremendous form at the moment. But, um, you know, Celtic away in Europe, it's never it's never an easy task. Um, and pretty much we'll be waiting on a, a horror show at some point, despite how well we might start. So, Well, it's, it's a very, um, I think, honest assessment. That, that If you're a fatal astrologer, you would say Celtic probably... Uh, came close to their European peak in that home game and it was at home and such as the level of opposition it was only good enough for a draw on the night therefore how challenging is tomorrow yeah, going to be but Celtic football doesn't always have to work out that way no I think the worst thing that could have happened for Celtic was Atletico Madrid losing at Las Palmas and Gran Canaria on Friday night because there is now extra scrutiny on Diego Simeone who's supposed to be signing a new contract extension this week um, and there's more scrutiny in the players on the Marathas, on the Griezmanns of this world. Um, they will now feel the pressure to perform against Celtic tomorrow night on their own patch because they've toppled, I think, they're six points off the pace now in La Liga and there will be greater importance being placed in their European form and European progress and that might not be good news for Celtic. 
Mm, thank you to Kieran. We will go live to Madrid next. So Celtic fans, get your calls in uh, right now in terms of what you're thinking about tomorrow. You can mix that in with a look back on the weekend's action as well, of course. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. We'll continue to look back on the game at Hamden yesterday. So Rangers fans, Hearts fans, anyone else that watched it, get in touch whilst I tell you about this. Clyde one. Right, the first Make Me A Winner call of the week ended in a rollover. The person we rang didn't say anything when they answered the phone, which is not ideal, let's be honest. So rollover and we could make you the winner of £102,000 tomorrow when we make another call. But obviously you need to be in the draw. We've teamed up with our stations across the UK to bring you this incredible prize. So make sure you're in it to win it. Text YES to 61025. It's £2 to text plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com and online entries cost £2 as well. Or call 0330. 08804523 and the calls will be charged at a standard rate. It is over 18s only and the entries since the lines opened at 6am this morning have rolled over all the rules for this network competition are online. So the important bit if you get the call after 3pm tomorrow answer within 5 rings say make me a winner straight away to win the £102,000 text yes to 61025 to enter 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna both here waiting on your calls As promised though Celtic fans I know you'll be interested in this Good time to call And Rangers fans, Hearts fans Anyone else that watched it Let's look back on yesterday in a bit more detail as well So if you could give us a call on all of those right now please Whilst we cross to Madrid Clyde One Super Scoreboard's European coverage with Trustdeed Scotland. For life after debt, visit trustdeedscotland.net. A resident traveller, or one of them, Gabriel, is in Madrid. He's made it there. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Gordon. As you were saying earlier to Roger, the case did take an extra day to arrive, but it's all here now, and we're seriously. good to go. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. I, I got got here at midday yesterday, and the case turned up at two p.m. today. I told you there has to be there has to be some sort of malfunction when this guy goes abroad. Um, let's get to Celtic first before we worry about your uh-huh. uh, you wearing the same underwear for three days. Um, <laughs> you've just spoken to Bred and Rogers. I think they were a touch late arriving. Nothing major. So what was happening? Yeah, I'm just here inside the Metropolitano Stadium, Gordon. What a place this is. As you say, Celtic just running a little bit late because their flight was delayed, but no big dramas and just spoken to Rodgers himself. He's been praising his side for their displays so far in the Champions League, of course. Played really well in spells across all three of the games. Rodgers says that Cynics will point to the sole point that they've gained. But he said that for a club like Celtic, it's all about improving their performance and improving their confidence at this level. He says they can take belief from that 2-2 draw a fortnight ago. However, the Northern Irishman did accept that his side must get a result tomorrow night if they are to have any chance of playing European football after Christmas. Yeah, listen, I think we played well in the in the three games. And, and I think as each game has gone on, the, the level of performance has has been better. I think we're, we haven't had the breaks that we probably wanted from the games. But in terms of performance level, and in particular the last game, we were we were very very good. But we're under no illusions. We understand we're coming to a you know fantastic stadium play against a really good team. But we're we're really excited by that challenge. Yeah, I think there's there's no doubt. But we're not we're not daft either. We uh, we know that this is a game where we want to uh, get a positive result in to take into the final two games. Uh, and that's what we were speaking about before, Andy. It's just that 
that level of challenge and the unforgiving nature of group stage format it is one point can't go back and change that and the problem is you've now arrived at your most difficult game when yeah. you can you know when you need something yeah and I, and I felt at Celtic Park I felt Celtic had to win the game to get out of the group uh, I still think they're in a position now where a point a point or three points is paramount tomorrow to even uh, get anywhere near that third spot they're playing against a team that's listen they're, they're a European powerhouse and they have been for a long period of time uh, I, I thought it was unfairly branded in Celtic's point of view that people said that Atletico were poor at Celtic but I don't think they were I think Celtic were really really good and I thought Atletico at times showed that uh, they're a fantastic team as well and listen the, the numbers aren't great because Celtic have only kept one clean sheet in the last 30, 34 Champions League appearances and for me if they were to get any success tomorrow night a clean sheet's probably what they've got to look for but how hard is it to stop the likes of your Maratas and your Griezmanns uh, well last Palmas certainly did that on Friday night and hopefully Celtic can do the same yeah, I mean, since that draw, they, they went to Alaves and won Roger Hanna. Um, you know, it was Morata scored again that night. As you say, though, a defeat away at um, Las Palmas on Friday it was. You think that's a bad thing for Celtic? Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're not seeing it as a, a team that's suddenly struggling? No, absolutely not. I think mm. it was a, um, a result that Atletico fans will deem unacceptable and they will not have them performing like that again tomorrow night. I think it's a bad thing for Celtic. I think they will want to show that they are back into some kind of form. Um, Marata and Griezmann, of course, both scored at Celtic Park. They will be looking to do that again. Rodrigo de Paul, he is in, suspended after that red card late in the game, in the 2-2 game in Glasgow. But Simeone does have a strong, deep squad. And I think it will be a big ask for Celtic. They're going there in good form. Um... You know they've impressed away from home, and I know sometimes they haven't got the results, but there have been occasions, you know, in in the past few years during the run, you know, we're, we're discussing where they've produced good away performances, but they'll need to have a good away performance and a bit more if they're to get the result that's going to keep them in the group. Team news, Gabriel, always important before every game. Never mind one that's a challenge the size of this. What was the latest there? Yeah, no fresh bumps and bruises from that trip to Dingwall on Saturday. Obviously, the long-term absentees are still missing. Uh, Rayo Hatate's injury is the main question in terms of the team. Who replaces him in midfield? David Turnbull scored at the weekend. He's done his chances no harm. Paolo Bernardo impressed in the draw two weeks ago. Perhaps he'll take a more conservative option, maybe even a Tomoki Iwata. We'll have to wait and see with that one. Uh, one player that's certainly going to be playing in the middle of the park, though, Gordon, is Captain Callum McGregor. We did speak to him as well. He said he's played in huge stadiums all over Europe, but he can't wait to walk out at this park tomorrow. A magnificent place. Uh, but McGregor highlighted the most important thing for Celtic is changing their attitude at this level, going from can we play well to can we win games. I think for us in Europe, European football, there has to be a mentality change. There has to be a shift that when we go to the pitch, then we, we believe and, and, and we don't want to come off the pitch until we get a result. So... The performances, like the manager said, have been getting better and better. But I think the biggest thing that the players can can take from that is is trying to change that mentality. And there's almost a, an expectation to to succeed and, and try and get through the group. So um, tomorrow night's a brilliant opportunity for the players. They're really excited to to play in the stadium. So we want to make sure it's a, a positive experience for ourselves. That home record is outrageous. I, ju- I just checked and I've done it quickly. So hopefully I've not. Um... Missed one. I'll double check whilst you're answering uh, to make sure. 
at my first glance, Atletico Madrid haven't dropped points at home in any competition, Europe or um, domestically, since the 4th of February yeah. when they drew one all with Getafe. That's remarkable. Well, they're a very good side, as Andy said. They've been a European powerhouse for many years now. They've been in Champions League finals. They've won La Liga in the time that Simeone's been there. They've attracted some wonderful players, you know, Marata and Griezmann up top. You, you get right through, you can, you know, right back to Jan Oblak and goal. There's quality in every area of the team. So as a hugely impressive home record. It is a big mountain for Celtic to climb tomorrow night. Gabriel talks about the team options. I think 10 of the team probably pick themselves. It's the third midfielder with McGregor and O'Reilly. Um, does he go bold and continue with David Turnbull, who domestically has been impressive in the last couple of games? Does Bernardo come back into the team? Or is there a nod just to the type of work rate that the midfield will need? Is it, as Gabriel said, a Wata or Odin Tiago home? Uh, we'll leave Gabriel. He's been kicked out. He's been kicked out of the press room. He's overstayed his welcome. The, the country. Um, no, just just, a, just, the, just, just the, the press room for now. I'm fascinated by this uh, this baggage thing. Lost suitcase. Everywhere yeah. he goes, there's some yeah. calamity. Uh, Andy, very quickly before we bring John in on the line, is that why um, Saturday was sort of extra beneficial, if you like, you know, three points and three goals, but it, it, Kyogo didn't have to be relied on heavily. Matt O'Reilly got a complete rest. Uh, guys like Dyes and Maida, but on the other side, Cameron Carter-Vickers was able to, to come in and get some minutes that he needed. I take it that's all just with tomorrow in mind. Yeah, definitely. And I think, especially in Kyogo's case, because he's played a lot of football, but the profile and the type of player that he is, he does a lot of running, he does a lot of high-speed running. You almost feel when it is the type of players, you're, they're more likely to pick up these muscle injuries towards the sort of middle of the season that we're in just now. So I think, you know, for the likes of him, get a huge rest. And, obviously, the... Uh, the chance that O gets to get some minutes under his belt as well because I don't think there's any doubt from now to the end of the season he's going to uh, be relied upon at some point uh, but I've got to echo what Roger says I think going in tomorrow night I think 10 are pretty much nailed on it'll be very interesting to see who gets that extra midfield slot does he go a bit more pragmatic with the legs of uh, Paolo Bernardo and Awata or will he allow David Tumbo to try and continue his domestic form what do you think Celtic fans you tell us who cares what these two think I want to know what your opinion is on it um, let's bring in John, we'll squeeze one in before the news. John, how are you? Not bad, boys. How's yourselves? Not bad. Excited about tomorrow? Fearful? What's the, the emotion? Oh, kind of... I don't know. It's exciting, but kind of scared at the same time. Is uh, kind of... That's kind of the way Champions League should be, isn't it? Kind of... The point the words made was um, Friday night, maybe the, uh, the team that beat them on Friday night is kind of poked the monster kind of thing. The beast. And they might come out to prove a point tomorrow night, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that's a, very, that's a very Scottish thing, that. You can take the positives. Maybe they're struggling. Well, maybe I'll, they're... I'll give you a positive. Celtic are in the Champions League and they're playing Atletico Madrid. There's no point, John, being fearful or anxious or worried about this. Winning the Championship has given Celtic this golden ticket straight into the group stages. Enjoy the games. What, what else are you thinking tonight, John? You're looking back in the weekend as well? Yeah, uh, first point was uh, the skills goal. I think it should have stood. Uh, there was nothing to do with the skills, skills hitting the ball. It was the fact, uh, as far as I've, I've seen on TV, that it was the Phil was going against O mm-hmm. for winning the ball in the air. And you can watch it as back as much as you want, but O's jumped first and the boys come up underneath him kind of thing. Mm. So what else is he supposed to do? I think overall, I mean, Roger, just on that, because you make a good point, 
John and we briefly discussed it earlier they both agree with you by the way they both think it, it was the wrong decision this is where the whole concept of VAR without getting too deep is difficult because the whole purpose of it the one thing that it has to maintain is that it can't be allowed to re-ref the game so you want the ref to make a decision but then you see an incident like that at the weekend and you think well why not just let the let the ball go in then then take a view on it afterwards you, you can't do both of those things they contradict each other yeah I know what you mean and actually I think so referees have been getting better at that I think they have been letting play extend mm. to no, they're not really meant to though are you it's mm. your decision no but I, th- I think it's wise to yeah. I think common sense would tell you let it go to the end I think I actually think common sense if you took it properly would have given the goal and then yeah, allowed VAR yeah. to have a look and possibly turn it round that way but I agree with John I, th- I thought it was a goal I think what you end up finding with the clear and obvious error as well is you know, sometimes with the way it's worded and, and sometimes if the referee's seen it and he, he describes what he saw you know, sometimes he, he has actually saw the, the exactly mm-hmm. what he's seen but it's just not the correct decision so I've no doubt that whoever the referee was at the weekend I can't uh, quite remember he's gave the reason I've disallowed the goal because there's contact between O and Jordan White and there is contact and there is contact but, but ultimately <laughs> yeah. it's not a foul so I think that's where sometimes yeah. there's this sort of Communication barrier within it. I've just had a text from the VAR at Hamden yesterday. It says you were only in five keepy uppies when you get stuck. <laughs> uh, well, that actually, would have been my record. Speaking of which, John, I know you've got one other point, so let's squeeze it in. Take it away. Um, I, it's just to get your your opinions on this one, guys. Um, I'm a dog driver, and I was at work this morning, and a Rangers fan uh, says to me, "Did you see the video?" I said, "What video?" He says, is it the fourth official? I says, no. So he showed me, before he showed me the video, he says to me, it doesn't look good. He says, it's really bad. And then he showed me the video. And I thought, wow. Aye, that's, that doesn't look good at all. I just wonder what the, your opinions are, not, are on it. I'm actually nervous because I don't know whether I should be smiling or not when I, when I knew where that, that point was I, going. I, I assumed the conversation was the fourth official saying to Philippe Clamod after you stopped Halliday doing his keeping up, right, he, let, he would be let, doing that again. Let, come on, let's get serious for a second then because it has been doing the well, rounds everywhere. I never thought we would debate I, a smile it's so a, much, but, but it's, it's happened. It doesn't so bother me in the slightest. You don't think we, it's a bad look, as John says? We don't know what has gone on between David Dickinson and Philip Clement or anyone else that, in that area this well, is the beauty of bench cam right next to you Roger Hanna I'll take a step back mm. the floor is yours well I can't actually tell you why he's smiling but what I can tell you were you at the game? I, I know what you're going to say and I'm, I'll agree I think well, we're on the well, same track well, well let me tell you up until then what it have been the 60th minute I'm saying at least 35 of the minutes Philippe Clement was badgering the life at the fourth, fourth official over decisions, the decision to book Cantwell, the decision for free kicks, and let's just say the the, the back and forth between them was ongoing yeah. and pretty frosty at the time. So I'm not uh, reading into it too much, but was it a case of, right, you can calm down mm. now, your, your, your team's 2 up or 3 up, whatever it was? I don't know, but that, that is the beauty of a bench cam. You can sort of analyse a full situation. I, I, I wouldn't even dream of speculating about the smile because I have absolutely no idea, but... I'm sitting high above it and that whether it is relevant or not that bit is true I was surprised because Philippe Clement and David Dickinson were You're very animated bickering <laughs> bickering quite frequently particularly over the, the Todd Cantwell booking which yeah. one man's opinion thought it was quite a clear booking I wasn't sure why Philippe Clement was so angry about it and um, 
him and David Dickinson were um, they, they they seem to argue quite a lot. Again, but other than that, I've no idea. That's just sort of kind of insight. Have it been certainly there. an ongoing theme in the first half. Um, that's for sure. But John, you're, you're you you don't like it. You don't, you think it's bad? It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of the things. As as I says, it was a, a Rangers fan that says to me before I even seen it that he said it was bad and it didn't look good. You know what I mean? So I was just thought I'd phone and ask what your opinion was. But can I say one more thing? Very quickly, well, like so late. Carry on. Uh, Roger, I will hopefully enjoy the game tomorrow night. I will enjoy watching it uh, uh, in the house, and I hope we do get a result. I'd be happy with a draw, but if we could get the win, that would be even better. I'd, uh, listen, I think Brendan Rodgers would have your hand off for a draw now because it's still got to go to Lazio, and that's an opportunity for points. This is the latest ever we've been for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Beat the pundit time you have until the end of the news to get your call in 01419511025. Tackle the headlines 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here It's a tough old school on a Monday This beat the pundit But that is the challenge for you out there We'll get to it in just a second Let me remind you of what's been going on tonight We're looking back on the completed lineup For the League Cup final Aberdeen and Rangers So what did you make of the weekend's semi-final action? Celtic fans, we've just been to Madrid Well, you know, we've crossed over to Madrid To hear from Gabriel We're building up to the kickoff tomorrow against Atletico whilst looking back on Dingwall and some of the talking points from there as well we're even debating our officials facial expressions there is no stone that gets left unturned in our Scottish football analysis here so get your calls in and we'll speak to you after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football It is Beat the Pundit time Never let it be said that this is not a very serious competition Michael Horn has sent me a tweet to say and producer Chris will feel very threatened by this Michael is a listener and he says I've been keeping a track of Beat the Pundit since this season began on the 31st of July and if you're interested so far the Pundits have a 71% win rate winning 50 of the 70 games so far well, if but that's the what level, happened to that, that, the guy who used to do the league table? Ah, Mr Black, Mr B Arthur Yes yeah, he's got, he's, Well he was always a bit of an international man of mystery anyway so Michael Horn's obviously spotted an opportunity and he wants to take over the mantle uh, mm. producer, producer Chris will be quickly crunching the numbers To see if that's um, Accurate Oh however though Michael Horn Because he sent me his spreadsheet Miller 100% Halliday 100% Hannah 100% So I'm thinking this looks fine But Mr Michael Horn Charlie Mulgrew Is not on 100% Because he lost The other day So mm. Get that spreadsheet Reformatted And get back to me Anyway Ross is in Falkirk How's it going Ross? Uh, not bad, yes boys Not bad, same question every night Ross Most people haven't played before, is that the same? Aye, same here, first thing call You got any people with you to help? You are allowed by the way Yeah, uh, just a few A few? <laughs> many <are> we talking? Eh, <laughs> uh, four <laughs> What, a five-a-side team here? Ah, that's it Right, so like 100% record, so I need it Let me try and understand this Have you signi- uh, like? Have you assembled specifically for this Or did you just happen to be What, I mean, what are you doing? Just just a family. 
Right, it's the family, right? Okay, that makes sense, right. Well, what we'll do to Ross and family um, is we'll toss the coin. If it's heads, the five of you will take on Andy Halliday. And if it's... No, yeah? Yeah. You two have... You switch seats again? No. Oh, we're very flexible. To see, you, you watch him, he's never on the same seat in the bench. No, he is. No, no, no I, 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 I think that's what I'm. And do you know why? Go for it. Because it's mine. No. I thought it was because you're the weak bladder and you have to keep going to the toilet every two minutes. No, 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 no. The, the reason I position my one is because they have the, the backroom team have the the staff iPad that shows you like 30 seconds oh, prior oh, to the live. Nosy. Is that the so if something happens, I can watch it back. Because it's manager, assistant manager, physio, holiday. Yep. Hold on, though. The name's on. I'm now worried because I just made that up that you need to go to the toilet every two no, minutes. No, what you've said is true because I, I have told you right. that I, 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 I do was go worried all the time, in yeah. case I was just coming up with stuff about your bladder anyway heads it is Andy Haldy tails it's Roger Hanna I'm dropping the coin I'm all over the place here since that revelation and it is heads Halliday against Ross and his team so we'll give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to and we will get the clock ready Ross is standing by you ready Ross and Cole Aye, let's go right, for it. 30 seconds, answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know. Do me a favour though, Ross, if you can, um, just you shout the final answer, will you? Right. Don't let this turn into a rabble. Right, 30 seconds on the <laughs> clock and your time starts now. Who's the only English club Craig Levine has managed? Probably say. Who was the only player to score a free kick in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? Which Scott has scored the most goals in the English Premier League this season? Scott McTominay. How many seasons has James Forrest scored consecutively for Celtic? 15. Which former Scotland international played for Motherwell, Celtic and Man United before going back to Motherwell? Tough one that, anyway. Tough for a 30 seconder to get a mini who am I in there. Andy Halliday, let's bring him back. Andy, can you hear us? Yep. Same set of questions, you ready? Yes. Time starts now. Who's the only English club Craig Levine's managed? Leicester City. Who was the only player to score a free kick in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend? Which Scott has got the most goals in the English Premier League this season? McTominay. How many consecutive seasons has James Forrest scored in for Celtic? Which former Scotland international played for Motherwell, Celtic and Man United before going back to Motherwell? Pass. Which former Rangers player is the dad of Lewis Ferguson? Derek Ferguson What club was Stephen Kingsley at Before joining Hearts Swansea Jamie Snedden is the current number one At which SPFL side Partick Thistle mm, What are you thinking Ross I wish Charlie McGrew was one <laughs> <laughs> Who else is there Ross Give them all a mention If you're going down They're going down with you I've got my two brothers My mum and my dad Oh it's a genuinely a full family affair Brothers, I mum, dad it. Everybody's there All round the living I love that this is like, honestly, that's, that's brilliant. Falkirk, the Bairns are always in. It's heartwarming, um, <laughs> but we could be doing with a sign ball and I'm not sure it's going to happen. Craig Levine, uh, Leicester, 1-0 Andy. I feel for you, Ross, and family because I think that there was a deliberate one here. Everybody was going to go Tavernier, but I said Scottish Premiership. That was a cup game. And Andy, you need to get up early to beat him. So Luke McCowan for Dundee, 2-0 Andy Halliday. Scott McTominay was right, though. Um, he's got the most goals for a Scotsman in the English Premier League, sadly for you. Um, Andy got it as well. You both knew James Forrest, 15 seasons in a row, which is remarkable. Well done, James Forrest. Um, so it wasn't a bad effort at all, Ross and family. But Andy's just formidable. Um, there was a lot to take in this when you're <laughs> up against the clock. I mean, I, I know. Was... I was actually going to take this question out and I forgot. That's that's the honesty. Um, Motherwell, Celtic, Man United, Motherwell. Brian McLear. Brian McLear. That's tough. <laughs> Never. Um, and then the speed 
Halliday not known for his pace but he got through to one more question and it was you would have got it as well family uh, Derek Ferguson there um, Stephen Kingsley apparently at Hull oh. before Hearts a teammate of yours <laughs> that's two, two teammate questions are you two, close yeah. as well uh, well, of course, all yeah. my teammates. I, I knew it was this one. So I you didn't know last... Kenneth Fargas's country of, of yeah. birth last week, and now okay, um, <laughs> it's pretty good at um, Okay, and Jamie Snedden is at Partick Thistle, which you did know. One, two, three, four, a five, three was it then? The five, two for Andy Halliday. Hard lines, Ross, and the rest of the family. But I love the fact that you all gathered round the radio and phoned in. Uh, worth a try. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Take care. Hang up. Difficult, difficult weekend for Falkirk. No they they, they couldn't even beat the Palmerston Pep on Saturday. I know. So it's funny that you'll notice a theme here. Marvin will be back with us this Wednesday because they didn't lose. So it's funny the way that worked. Um, mm-hmm. It was actually 6 2 in the end. I forgot to jot down that you both got the um, James Forrest one correct. Some effort that, James Forrest, isn't <laughs> it? Do you even be playing at the, the highest level at, at I, Celtic for I 15 consecutive seasons? I specifically remember the first because it was against Motherwell. Um, and um, yeah, I can, I can actually I can picture it to this. He lobbed the goalkeeper. I think. Hope I'm right. Um, and the 15 seasons in a row is unbelievable, uh, uh, wasn't it? You would doubt it would ever be done again. The way football is nowadays, and the way players move about, I cannot see that ever being done again. And there's nothing to say it can't be 16, 17. I think he's still got yeah. over two years in his contract. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'll be a, be a hard hard record to beat if it is a record that that must be. See, honestly, the the, the show, right? So I said that. Um, Mr. Michael Horn had sent in the tweet, right? I've then had I've then had a tweet from John Buckingham who says, uh, Gordon, I'm your old chemistry teacher and you must remember that Mr. Horn was your old maths teacher. I've then had a message from someone I went to school with, Deborah, who says, is that the old maths teacher? And do you know, actually, it's not my old maths teacher. He just happens to have the same name. I checked it out. So yeah, People putting honestly, two and two together. Don't you worry. I'm coming up with the wrong answer, which is probably what I did as well. So there are... Um, We've got someone who's keeping an eye on Beat the Pundit scores. We're not sure if they're right or not. But anyway, it's another win for Andy Halliday. And uh, we get back to it tomorrow. But it's much easier on a Tuesday, it has to be said. Gordon DL will be studying hard. What, what about him on the the second half teaser? Oh, the, 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 I told you this off air earlier on. There is, I have known Gordon DL for more years than I care to remember. He has got an inside man in here. There he, is no way he has got all of these answers, particularly on Saturday he blew his own cover on Saturday. There is an inside man. I was going to say he exposed himself, but that's not what I mean. Like, not because that that will send shivers down the spine of of anyone hmm. anyone listening. Um, but you know, he claimed he had got it, all the clues, and then he tried to he tried to claim he could remember no. Chris Burke scoring no. twice against Bulgaria for Scotland. He blew his cover, as you say. So we'll get his thoughts on that tomorrow. Uh, right? Any Motherwell fans out there who are Worried? Where's the panic button? Are you pressed it yet? You can let us know. Any Aberdeen fans, Hibs fans want to look back on that game? We've been looking at the Hearts and Rangers meeting yesterday. We've been in Madrid. So whatever else is out there, do give us a call. Jason is in Wishaw, but he's a Rangers fan. Jason, how are you? Hi, yeah. How's it going, guys? Hope you're doing well. Not bad at all. What are you thinking tonight? Uh, actually, I phoned up after the defeat, the Rangers and Limassol game, and I was I was saying about how disheartened I was and how 
it was the same stuff over and over again and how the tables have turned now that actually it's pleasant to watch watch Rangers play and it's good to see that the team sticking together and fighting together and it's and now I'm actually looking forward to games coming up and see and, and hoping for a result and actually think that there's going to be a good result I'm, I'm fair looking forward to the games fair looking forward to the game uh, uh, against Sparta Prague and I'm I'm absolutely looking forward to the game in the, the 18th to the 17th 18th of December I've actually kept a few fireworks back just I'm, I'm, I'm that confident <laughs> wow that's, well that's d- d- don't me. take them to the game Jason no 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 just at home <laughs> it's it's the 17th I'm in hot water that was supposed to be um visit to Santa day and I forgot the league cup final was going to be that day so that's that day is going to be etched in my Memory. Absolutely. Now, now all the listeners are wondering: Does that mean you're going to the Rangers end or the Aberdeen end? I'll be right in the halfway line, <laughs> like I was yesterday. Um, well, hopefully, actually, I don't know if we got plans. Are we going to be in the studio? And that's neither here nor there. Right, come on, bench cam man. Specifically, you've looked two weeks in a row up close. Jason's mood has changed. What is specifically different? I think the biggest thing is the emphasis to play forward quicker. Uh, and my bench cam would would confirm that because every time uh, a Rangers player decides to pass the ball back when the manager feels like it's on to play forward he's pretty irate about it so I think it's something he spoke about frequently uh, he's also spoke about winning being the most important things we're now what is it four or five games and he's in his tenure domestically they've won every game which is important he's emphasised on a numerous amount of occasions about playing forward attacking quicker being in the opposition's box I think we've seen that in abundance as well uh, we got into XG on Friday I don't want to get into it again too much but uh, I mean the stats have, have shown that they're creating more chances I must say in, in terms of the game yesterday I thought the first half was pretty stuffy uh, probably partly down to our shape and making it difficult for Rangers and I thought our shape was pretty good and uh, it wasn't really until the second half where, where Rangers really kicked into second, second, third, fourth and then fifth gear towards the end to, to seal off the game so I think that has been the, the main difference going forward Was that Friday when you were trying to explain XG and Cryotherapy to Hugh Evans and Max Velocity and oh, it got a bit all too much for the old man. Cryotherapy could be important to I, Hugh Evans going gonna, forward. I can now reveal we've actually we've got a cryo chamber in here. We've had Hugh in it trying to preserve him for the season twenty forty two on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. He will still be here. Um, it's a certainty. Um, do you know? I actually want to hear from John Lundstrom on on something. Um, from yesterday he spoke after the game at hand and he says Philippe Clement's been a breath of fresh air at the club and the atmosphere is, is better since he arrived yeah really high um, he's been he's been so good honestly since he's come in um, can't speak high enough of him so no, just really really happy with the form we're in and um, going in the right direction <laughs> it's, it's hard to just put your finger on one thing it's just just been a breath, breath of fresh air. Um, the mood around the place is just so much better. Uh, now he's just, he just, he's been fantastic with everyone. Not just the starting eleven. He's emphasising on how important everyone, everyone is as a group and the staff, the lads who don't even get involved in the match day squad. Got some fantastic players who haven't even been involved today. So um, just emphasising on keeping everyone together. Um, yeah, just, just lots and lots and lots of things behind the, behind the scenes that you guys don't see, but just, just a breath of fresh air. Look, I know, Roger, you can you can always take a really simple look on that those comments and say, well, look, they're now winning games, they weren't, the mood's better, shrug your shoulders, no big deal. I do feel like players are usually quite conscious of not being too insulting to a former manager. 
I don't know if that's actually happening here. Are we yeah. reading too much into that? I just well, the, the mood is so much better, says John Lundstrom. Is that an indictment on Michael Beale, or uh, are we overanalyzing? Well, I think you would have to say it is. I mean, John Lundstrom mentioned the things that we can't see. I'll give you an example. It's little things. The things we we do see in each of the, the domestic games at the end of the one, the Hibs game, the very first game under Philip Clement, as soon as Rangers lost possession... They were back in it a 4-4-2 and players were running to get back into position. Seema on one side and I think it was Scott Wright that day and the other side back to protect the fullbacks. That didn't happen under Michael Beale. Look at the Hearts game. How many games did Michael Beale draw as Rangers manager and he couldn't get a goal at the end? And, and they just kept going and kept going against Hearts. Not only did they get one goal, they get the two goals. You think of, you know, Dindy, you talk about passing forward, mm-hmm. players getting forward. I don't think Ryan Jack would have scored the goal at Dens Park if Michael Beale had been the Rangers manager because I don't think there was the same onus on Ryan Jack to be that yeah. far forward at no, that I, stage I, of I, the I game. I get that, right? I do get the, the tactical stuff and, and whatever and every manager's got a different take on it but th- that, that soundbite, I want to press you more on that. Was that, is that. Is that not quite revealing? For a player to be like that, you know, talk about the atmosphere, the mood being so much better? Yeah. Or is that is that... Just to be expected because they're now winning more games. They almost feel a bit better because they've now won five domestic games, including the one under Stephen So you don't see that as a particular criticism of Michael Beale? It would have to be a, you know, there would have to be a sort of reflected criticism of him. Um, Philip Clement is a completely different character. Michael Beale wanted to be the player's pal. Philip Clement wants to put a distance between himself and the players. You talk about Todd Cantwell's booking yesterday. Todd Cantwell getting taken off at half-time. That wouldn't have happened under Michael Beale. It wouldn't because Michael Beale indulged Todd Cantwell on the field and with some of his social media nonsense off the field. I don't think Todd Cantwell is going to be indulged to the same extent by Philip Clement and yesterday was a case in point. And I'll be fascinated to see going forward because Scott Wright came on and did ever so well and Tom Lawrence was back in the squad and got a few minutes yesterday. Going forward, I think Todd Cantwell will need to toe the line more under Philip Clement than he ever did under Mm -hmm. Michael Beale. Um, thank you very much to Jason. We are going to speak to Owen, who's a Motherwell fan from Livingston, next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are about to team up quickly on the full-time teaser. uh, And I'm going to bring in Owen in just a second, who's been hanging on patiently. So thanks to Kevin Campbell for sending this question in. Very, very good. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slat wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. It is a good one, has to be said, right? So, excluding Ross County, because it's non-applicable, who's the most recently capped Scotland international for each Scottish Premiership team? So they must have received the cap whilst at that team, quite obviously. So excluding Ross County, who don't have any, who's the most recently capped Scotland international for each Scottish Premiership team? Sandra Clark. And Liam Kelly. Good to know that you actually do know a thing or two That's about That's why I made sure I got that first. Well done. Because they both did it in the same game against France just a couple of weeks ago. Well done. Easy. Uh, John Sutter. Would he be... Came on at France. For Rangers? Rangers, yeah. yeah. Okay, this France game's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Anyone else play against France? 
that plays in the Scottish Premiership. Hey, Greg Taylor. Exactly. There we go. That's a flying start. The rest are not that easy. Hence why we've given it to Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday. So, excluding Ross County, who have none, who's the most recently capped Scotland international for each Scottish Premiership team? And I like that because that means fans of all you teams out there. Come on, St Mirren fans. Who's the last player to get a Scotland cap whilst at your club? What about Kilmarnock, Hibbs, the rest of you? Get thinking. And you can tweet us your answers. And if you want to submit a question, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com. I've been putting this off on because this is where professional content meets personal grievance for me. And why are Motherwell so bad at the moment? Take it away. To be honest, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not too sure. Um, it's, it's quite a hard one because at the back end of last year, I thought we looked really strong and then even at the start of this year uh, looking strong as well. Obviously I'm lucky with playing Rangers and Celtic so close but I think in both of those games we actually, we've done really well. So it's uh, it's a tricky one. Um, I actually wanted to come on and talk about um, the managerial situation because I'm a bit on the fence. I said to the producer that I was kind of leaning towards keeping Kettlewell in but um, after looking at a few sort of statistics and stuff, um, I'd probably, I'd probably say that you know he's he's on he's skating on very thin ice, uh, put it that way. And uh, I think if we were to lose to St Johnson tomorrow, I think that could be the end of the road for him. Wow, really? Are we there already? Given all the goodwill he had in the tank previously, and given how tight the league still is, I just think I just think with the squad, with the squad that we've got. Um, I think we should be doing a lot better than we are, and I know that the, the the league is close, but just a few a few results, especially the last two, I would say, um, you know, they, they don't look good for a team that you know performs performs so well against you know the two biggest clubs, when then and then we go and perform so poorly against you know two of the the smaller teams in the league. Uh, Andy, it's p- partly your fault, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, because you you praised Motherwell every week at the start of the season. That feels like a long time ago, and yet another defeat of the weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's even more shocking when you consider the fact there were 15 wins in the 22 games previous to the seven game stretch. It's uh, it's a remarkable turn of events and not too dissimilar to, to Graham Alexander's Motherwell you see when they were third in the league high flying and then next thing you know had won one game in the calendar year leading up to still managing to make it into the top six and it, I, I think for me it would, it would be extremely harsh and I know we talk about you know, budgets and finances maybe a wee bit too much in Scottish football but right now Motherwell in a pretty good position in reflection of their finance and their budget within the league uh, of course they're on a poor run um, I do think I know he started uh, his first game at the weekend but I do think the return of Mika Birev is going to be massive moving forward uh, I think the, bish- the biggest issue is right now is a lot of the form players from Motherwell at the start of the season right now I've had a pretty rough patch all at the same time Liam Kelly I mean what is it three out of the last four seasons or two out of the last three mm. he's had player of the year I think he's been the real standout for Motherwell obviously not having his best period I think um, Stuart Kettlewell was getting the best out of the likes of Stephen O'Donnell and Bevis McGabby they're not in their best period just now either uh, and I spoke heavily about the midfield four uh, Lennon Miller Peyton Slattery Spittle I thought the four of them were, were excellent for the first couple of months of the season again that cohesion between the four of them isn't quite what it was I think I'm not sure if Lennon Miller's injured after seeing he didn't play at the weekend but I think too many issues too many problems have all came at mm-hmm. once and I think now the period is and I know it's so easy to say when you're in a rut is the next win is just so important mm-hmm. to get back on track again 
Roger, football has obviously changed things out a lot more short term, so Owen and others will rhyme off that run um, of defeats. That that can be enough now. It can, that can be enough to, to see a manager lose his job. But I've always sort of figured that only if the bit before that was either not good either or maybe just a bit average or a bit underwhelming. I think if you've gone 15 wins out of 22 and then that run, that can't be enough to, to put your job in danger, can it? Well, if it is, then every manager in the Premiership out with Celtic and Rangers is likely to lose their job in the course of a year. Because, because most sorry. teams will go through. I was talking to David Martin, Dale at Dens Park yesterday. Yeah. They're in the run of four straight defeats. And they actually played okay. And David had said, listen, I've been here before and I've been, I've been at six defeats. I've been at seven defeats, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you get a foothold and you go again. Because would... Would you, so would you be better then if you're sure Kettlewell? Would you rather have that? So that same amount of games, but just spread, the, yeah. just spread the defeats Hon- out. Honestly, Gordon, that, yes. that just seems a bit flimsy, because doesn't it? Because if those results were spread out evenly, then Owen wouldn't be phoning tonight to talk about Stuart Kettlewell. And, and I do get that, right? But he also then, so you wouldn't have got the, you know, you wouldn't have got the manager of the month award. So you wouldn't yeah. have get, you wouldn't but, get any of the praise. But he also wouldn't be getting calls for but, his job to go. But, but can we afford to I'll, be that short term? You're going to start sweating in a minute But remember that Saturday night at Kirkcaldy In January When you get knocked out of the Scottish Cup by Raith Rovers Battered mm-hmm. by Raith Rovers yeah. Stephen Hamill was sacked Since then Stuart Kettlewell's moved up through the club And, and he steadied the ship um, There are eight under 18s have played in the Premiership this season Three of them have been Motherwell players So he's showing What clubs like Motherwell should be doing um, strengthening that bond between the academy and the first team Lennon Miller, Luca Ross who scored that goal against Ross County Mark Ferry played in the first team in the league before he went out on loan to Stenhouse Muir there is a link there look at the bench again at the weekend Max Ross on it people like that um, I think he's doing a good job at Motherwell it is obviously clouded by this bad run of results but I'll tell you what Andy the holiday bench cam at Fug Park on Saturday will see a lot mm. of nervous people because the Motherwell squad and the management can't be confident off the back well, of that result. I hope he and stays I'm sure there. Stephen Naismith and others aren't confident either. I hope he stays there because he scored far too often against Motherwell last season for my liking. Um, oh, and I don't know. Roger's right. You think about Wraith Rovers. For me, it just feels the difference was that was February and at full time that night, it just felt like Motherwell were definitely going down to a lot of people unless something changed. Whereas, can you say that at the moment? Well, actually... I would refer to, um, funnily enough, I would refer to one of Hugh Keevan's points, uh, I think on Saturday night, where he said, he was talking about obviously the, uh, the managerial changes across the league, and he was saying that, you know, the board will be looking at obviously the ambitions and goals, and if the manager isn't sort of matching the ambitions, then they've got to think about changes. So the ambitions for Motherwell, Motherwell sorry, are obviously to stay in the league. If they don't think that he's going to achieve that, then they've got to think about replacing them. And that is so true. But fair play to anyone who can look at that league table right now, Andy. Yes, everybody knows that they're on the results. If you can look at that league table in the 6th of November, where Motherwell are three points off fifth, and say, yeah, they're, they're going down. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it still four, four points between fourth and second bottom? Is that right? Uh, Has that changed over the last couple of days? Six points. Six points now. So, I mean, it is just so tight. And, you're talking about the results spread out and we're all emphasising on this zero wins and seven you then stretch it back to the previous 22 games they're 15 wins and 29 
So it's a pretty good return if you're a Motherwell manager. And I do stress the fact that for me, he surely bought plenty of goodwill to, to try and turn this around. And I think I think Roger's point's important. You look at the budget Motherwell were trying to compete with at the start, trying to get new signings, losing their top goals going Van Veen, a badger on all the time. I want to see a more progressive clubs within the, the league introducing new academy players uh, uh, in the league and, and we've seen that we've seen Motherwell do that probably more than any other club this year and in Lennon Miller's case I think we're talking about I don't want to get too ahead of myself but I, I'd like to see a, a future Scotland player in there such as I've seen so far at such a young age of uh, 17 years of age and Stuart Capewells gave him that uh, gave him that chance gave an arc up with this chance and hopefully it stays mm-hmm. that way and he obviously turns around Motherwell's fortunes Stephen sent a message to say that Kettlewell has a 70% unbeaten rate as Motherwell manager I think he's earned the right to some time thank you to Owen in Livingston um, from Livingston to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean apparently it says for Gavin um, is that just, I don't know is that where you live Gavin you're on a cruise what's the script Hiya Gordon Do the chaps on the uh Desk tonight, how are you doing all right? Good, Gavin. Good. I was the guy that uh, rang you from Prague oh. uh, half time a couple of weeks back. Gavin, you get about. Oh, well. Anyway, Wait, so but, where are, you on, are you on a cruise? Yeah, yeah, middle of the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean. We, we, we left Lanzarote earlier and uh, we're on our way to Madeira. Um, but just wanted to tell you a bit of a funny story. Uh, yesterday, um, our itinerary was all changed, so we actually ended up in Gran Canaria yesterday, uh, Las Palmas. Uh, not an overly touristy place. You know, naturally, as a Rangers fan, wanted to catch up with the game, so no Rangers bars in the town at all. So uh, on Google, trying to find an appropriate place to, 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 to find the game, only place I could find was an Irish bar. Uh, messaged the guy, uh, watched after him. Anyway, Eamon comes back to me and is going, yes, yeah, she'll be very, very welcome. And I have to say, thank you, Eamon. He was brilliant. Uh, found a nice bar. There was a, actually a couple of other people off the, the, the cruise that obviously did the same thing. And you know what? We had the best time, best crack, and obviously delighted with the results. But, um, yeah, it was just, just a nice wee day. I and, thought it was uh, going to be like that. Did you ever see the video at the start of this season? Is it the, the Kilmarnock fan? Oh, yes. brilliant. With the Kilmarnock, so that was when Kilmarnock beat Celtic, yeah, yeah. and he's in an Irish bar on holiday, and he's um, let's say just enjoying his day yes. and reminding everybody of what team he supports. He's got a chair above his head <laughs> at one point. I thought that was that was Gavin. Um, what did you make of yesterday, then, Gavin, as a Rangers fan who watched it in slightly different circumstances? What what jumped out for you? Well, I was chatting to the producer obviously uh, before coming on, and um, you know it was quite ironic. You know, was it now? two and a half, three weeks that Clement's in the job and his first press conference, you know, I'm no Harry Potter. I have to say, I think he's waved his magic wand. Um, Definitely watching yesterday, when I I do see a different side, uh, I see a belief in the players. I think, you know, we're, we're pressing hard. You know, what he's obviously trying to do is, you know, we work as a team, you know, we... We, we go forward and we go back and defend as all, and I, I I think that's happening really really well. Roger, um, would you would you go as far? Has it been a, a magical transformation in this short time? Um, I'm not sure if it's been a magical transformation. 
Domestically, he's done everything he could do. He's won all the games so far. Um, there was a bit of huffing and puffing in the league game against Hearts at Ibrox last weekend. But other than that, I think Rangers supporters, like Gavin, have every right to be happy with Philippe Clement. There's another big ask on Thursday, Sparta Prague at Ibrox. Um, but having drawn in Prague, they will know that a win at home to Sparta, a win at home to Aris, will more or less put Rangers into the knockout stages. Thank you, Gavin. Enjoy the rest of the cruise. Hope it goes well for you. Um, always like to get calls from different corners of the globe. Just shows how popular you guys are. That's the way I view it. You've got a worldwide reach. Um, I was actually just googling the Lanzarote to Madeira ferry route, mm-hmm. just because I'm sad that way. She wondered what the script was, and he is indeed in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, we'll leave that there for now. Very quickly before we move on. Uh, what are you thinking on this teaser? So it doesn't apply to Ross County yet, but who are the most recent Scotland international caps for each Scottish Premiership team? The game against France a couple of weeks ago has done a lot of work here. Greg Taylor for Celtic, Xander Clark at Hearts, Liam Kelly at Motherwell and John Souter at Rangers, but the rest are a bit more tricky. Uh, Nisbet? Hibs? No. No. Um, I was going to go Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen. Uh, no. I had Andy Considine Aberdeen. No. Ooh. Stuart Finlay, Kilmarnock. Yes, against San Marino. Yep, scored. October 2019. Aberdeen. Uh, was the last in D player Lee Wilkie? Yeah, well, you had the choice of Gavin Ray or Lee Wilkie because yeah. it was the same, same game. game. Okay, we'll give you some thinking time and we'll get the rest of the answers. And of course, there's a new manager in town. Well, he's an old manager. But he's back. Craig Levine, manager of St. Johnson. We'll look at that next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde 1 at Super Scoreboard We're about to talk Craig Levine Because he's back in the Scottish Premiership But let's quickly revisit this question To see how the guys are getting on We're looking for the most recently capped Scotland International For each of the Premiership teams doesn't apply to Ross County, but Celtics is Greg Taylor, Dundee, Gavin Ray, or Lee Wilkie. Hearts, Xander Clark, Stuart Finlay, Kilmarnock, Liam Kelly at Motherwell, and John Souter at Rangers. Um, we're about to be joined by a St. Johnston fans, so do you want to get that one out of the way before he blurps it out? Must be Murray Davidson. It is Murray Davidson against Luxembourg back in November 2012. You'd have known that, Sam Miller, wouldn't you? I think it was Stevie May against, Celtic, uh, against England uh, in 2000. Uh, 16 Yeah probably right It's oh, not you know, you're you're right. Sheffield Wednesday ah, good. Good. My face. <laughs> There we are Sorry you're right you're There right. we go Good um, Right Craig Levine We'll give you the first say Sam uh, by the way Who joins us Obviously St Johnston fan You can hear Sam On the Dogger Saints podcast As well um, Pretty simple Are you happy with the appointment What do you make of it Personally I'm delighted Yeah um, It's never It was never going to be An attractive prospect For anybody To be honest Looking at the The form of the team the downward trajectory we've been on over the last couple of years, and um, but uh, Craig Levine, we couldn't have asked for. I personally, I don't think we could have asked for a, a better manager. Um, we've, we've kind of gone with the rookies for the last ten odd years, and that's kind of run its course now. Um, starting back with Tommy Wright, who was Steve Lomas's obviously assistant, then Tom Davidson, who was Tommy's assistant, then Macca, who was Callum's assistant. So it just kind of been. A, it feels like a fresh break now, and a completely fresh start. So. 
um, having a manager with a, a pedigree like uh, Craig Levine is um, a pretty good coup for St Johnson. Roger, what's your reaction when you heard the news? Um, I wasn't surprised in the slightest. Um, I think the new chief exec, Stan Harris and Roddy Grant at the club, had tried to get David Martindale. That was who they wanted. Livingston denied them the opportunity. And then I think Jeff Brown, you need to remember, Gordon, Jeff Brown still writes the checks. I think Jeff Brown and his relationship with Craig Levine, because back many, many years, went and spoke to Craig. Craig has acted as a mentor to Andy Kirk for a number of years up at Brecon. Andy Kirk's done a very good job. They won the Highland League with Brecon. Had it not been for, the, you know, meeting a good Spartan side in that pyramid playoff final, they may well be a league team again at the minute. So they've broken that cycle of internal promotions, if you like. We'll just discussion Tommy Wright becomes Callum Davidson, becomes Stephen mm-hmm. McLean. Um, and they've gone outside that circle now. They've got the experience of Levine. They've got the coaching quality of Andy Kirk and Ali Cleland still at the club as well. Um, they've had the boost of beating Kilmarnock last week with Alec at the helm. Um, don't take this the wrong way, mm, Gordon. If you coming. were picking an opponent to come to McDermott Park tomorrow night, it may well be Motherwell. If you were then picking an opponent to come to McDermott Park on Saturday, it may well be Ross County. So everything looks laid out there for Craig Levine. And after that, where do you think he goes, Andy? <laughs> Back to Tyne Castle. That'll be an interesting one. I mean, Sam, the, uh, I think everybody knows, in fact, it's all relative. So every job in Scotland, really, you're, you're getting a manager that will tick some boxes and some will be left unticked. So, you know, whether it is Craig Levine's been out of work for a while, the way it ended at his previous job wasn't brilliant, but if you're looking for someone that's experienced, and as you say, it's not an ama- it's not a brilliantly attractive proposition right now, I suppose a former Scotland manager is going to be a massive tick in that box. 100%, and he was sitting just behind me at the game on uh, last week against Kilmarnock, and he's obviously seen enough out of that performance to realise that there is a team there and he can get them going. Um Obviously, the board obviously after the St Mirren game where we lost four 0 realised these are the next three fixtures, and we needed a bounce almost instantly. Um, which is a shame, like looking at the players that they couldn't have done that for Macca because it was the same team that they went out and played, but it was like night and day through uh, the St Mirren game. But he's obviously seen enough in that squad that he can get a tune out of them, and I'm a lot more confident now that well, basically three weeks ago I was already like doomed for relegation. Even at the start of the season, when we're losing four 0 at in Sterling Albion in the, in, the, in the League Cup it was pretty much doomed from the get-go but now I think there is a wee chink of um, uh, confidence and even looking at the teams around us as you say Motherwell and um, Ross County coming up as well win them and we're almost in a European place passport's out <laughs> Didn't David Thrill say a week passing Saturday they were doomed they were down he did, Gordon? He did I've heard a lot of optimism on the show That that is top of it so far from Sandwich I don't mind um, Andy what do you think Sometimes we like um, from I think from the outside when you're a neutral, you like to see shiny <coughs> new appointments. Sometimes well, that's me. That's me. Um, I must admit, if you're Sam, you're maybe looking for that safe pair of hands, which he feels Craig Levine will be. Yeah, I always like to see sort of young new managers with different ideas get opportunities. But one thing I say about Craig Levine, well for experience, a lot of time on the grass. But the last time he was a uh, was 2019 as, uh, yeah. as a Hearts manager. If you're going to get an ex Scotland uh, manager, is your, your gaffer. There can't be too much wrong with it. They've obviously went down the experience route. I think St Johnson's fortunes this year's obviously not looked too great. Uh, you know, Sam sounds pretty bleak about what the future looks as well, but obviously seems a lot more content now that Craig Levine's at the helm. Um, no concerns, Sam, about that four years out of, of work for Craig Levine? 
No, he's the, his interview today. He he speaks a lot. Like he kind of says it as it is. Um, Andy Kirk will be taking most of the coaching role, and he'll be taken because he's. I think he's well, well at heart. He was spreading himself way too thin. So mm-hmm. I think he's kind of got the experience from that. Learned from his mistakes, and he's realising that between them they can share the workload. And um, that, I've got no problems with that whatsoever. Andy Kirk, uh, Andy Kirk's certainly a very good coach. So. Uh, fingers crossed it'll work, um, but as you say, the next two games are massively vitally, vitally important to the to the to the rest of the season. Yeah, and a, a couple of great jumpers, great jumper for the photograph, the unveiling that. with the club last day. Another great jumper this morning for the, make, for the media just call. Makes you think Andy Kirk? Does that mean the breaking job's vacant again? That's oh. what we said on Saturday in the show, wasn't it? Makes you wonder. Makes you, you wonder. We tipped that. that. Is, it, is, is it too early for him to quit uh, oh, the, the Jags under the 18s? The 18s wouldn't let him go for love nor money. Thank you to Sam. You can hear more of Sam's thoughts on the Dogger Saints podcast. Let's hear from Craig Levine. I think that I've learned quite a lot from my last job in particular. I just keep talking about this, having the energy to to cope with the demands of the job. And I did think that coming into a role in the Premier League and trying to do everything again would just be a horrendous mistake. So... I feel that you know we've got Alex here, who's who knows St Johnston, knows the club, knows the players. We've got uh, Hinchy here as well, who who's similar. And then with uh, Andy and and myself, you know, I can feel that we can we can split whatever duties there are, so that everybody's doing what they're good at, and uh, that's the intention. So interesting times ahead. We will see what happens. It all starts tomorrow night. St Johnston up against Motherwell. Uh, Craig Levine taking on Stuart Kettlewell. Let's round off this teaser before we go then. Excluding Ross County, non-applicable. Can you name the most recent Scotland international for each Scottish Premiership team? Celtics is Greg Taylor. Dundee, Gavin Ray or Lee Wilkie. Hearts is Xander Clark. Kelly is Stuart Finlay. Motherwell, Liam Kelly. Rangers, John Souter. And St. Johnson, Murray Davidson. Go. What have you got for me? What about Lewis Ferguson for Aberdeen? Yes, well done. Okay, against Armenia, 14th of June, just before he moved uh, to Bologna. Uh, and he got the St Mirren, man. Did he? Uh, yeah, Declan, well, it's not Declan Gallagher then. Mm-mm. Oh, it's not. Nope. Oh, wow. Way back. Well, Paul the, McNeil sent it. He got it right. It's an absolute cracker. It's Gary Teal? No, even further back. Right, well, I, I think I've produced from right left field with allowing someone. David McNamee Oh wonderful It is a pleasure to watch and you work I don't think Lee Hibsman did Was it Ryan Porteous Well done Ukraine okay. game So is Samirin the only one left Yep So if it's before Gary Teal Then there's no point Shouting McGinn or McLean Nope No Struggle bus 1991 1991 This man can take over From here I may as well just Too late for Campbell money It's not Campbell money Rip these notes up for me this might help in some way you know certain players have this Paul McNeil sent the message to say is it big and Ryan Martin no <laughs> I'm Duncan Ferguson many big people are big there? Duncan Ferguson no not St Mirren Celtic fans might be interested in this name as well St Mirren player Celtic fans might be interested uh-huh. in that name as well I'm, I'm, I'm trying oh come on I don't know what other clues to give you high profile coaching career as well after it Paul Lambert no, no. He's no big Paul Lambert, is he? No, well, he might have been in 1991, I don't he's got know. 400 and, he's got about 500 league appearances for Celtic, this guy. And started at St. Cap for St. It's Marin. Roy Aitken. We need to go. We'll no be back way. at 6 o'clock tomorrow.